sisters, listen closely. Finding out he's the one can sometimes feel like traveling through a desert of uncertainty. I mean, every time you feel like you've reached an oasis, it ends up being a mirage. As your resident sister and friend, here are five common red flags that you need to steer clear away from. First up, if he's asking for your phone number straight off the bat, but not your dad's, well, that's a major red flag waving in your face. Next, if he's hitting you up with texts and calls late at night, you better believe he's not serious and chances are he won't respect your boundaries. Watch out for those put down disguised as sarcastic banters. You know, the ones that make you the butt of the joke. It's time to show him the door. And oh, if he's more interested in hearing himself talk than listening to what you have to say, girl, that's a sign you need to run in the opposite direction. And let's not forget the classic line, my ex was crazy. Yeah, right. If he's mouth-mouthing his ex left and right, chances are he's the one with the issues. And those are just the obvious red flags. Let's help you uncover what's really hiding underneath the surface with Vibe Check, the ultimate prompt card game for meaningful connections. Crafted with deep respect for Islamic traditions, Vitech goes beyond the surface, allowing you to discover the essence of your potential life partner's faith, character, and aspirations. With eight thoughtfully crafted categories and 135 thought-provoking questions, Vitech ensures a comprehensive understanding of your potential spouse, from values and ambitions to personal quirks and preferences. I mean, skip the surface-level discussions and dive straight into what truly matters. Visit our website, www.thedigitalstory.com now and take the first step towards finding your righteous partner. Your journey to marital bliss begins here. Before we get into this episode, we'd like to do a trigger warning. This story talks about death and suicide ideation. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It is your sis Adar and I'm back. <laughs> and you're listening to <laughs> the Digital Sisterhood podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to talk a little bit about our Patreon membership. Um, just before we begin, I want to give a little bit of a little bit of a thank you to all of our Patreon members that have been week in and week out donating and contributing to these episodes. These episodes mean a lot to a lot of people. Like I, I get messages every day at every minute, every hour about how important this podcast is to them. And for everyone that donates, for everyone that joins as a Patreon is contributing to this khayr, this goodness that is helping women and men feel less alienated, feeling uh, more inspired to get close to Allah Taala. It's a beautiful avenue to give and be a part of something that is more than just ourselves, but for the greater good. And so if you really want to like, I, like there's a lot of good in this. I would not, I would, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't tell you how much goodness there is in this and how far, you know, your sadaqah will go. You don't know how many stories have positively impacted them and imagine if your sadaqah was part of that goodness for somebody getting close to Allah 
I cannot even imagine the amount of reward that's possible for you and I. So don't miss out on it. Help us keep running this podcast. Join our Patreon at www.thedigitalsterhood.com. You'll see it on our website to join the Patreon. Um, as a member, there's three tiers. Check it out. And yeah, let's, uh, let's get to the episode. So Faiza Abdul, I actually didn't know Faiza for a very long time. Um, I, I knew about her, but it was only up until recently we became really cool and really close. And um, it's funny, if, you, if everyone remembers of Hilal's episode, I talked about, or Hilal even mentioned about, a, there was a tragedy that had happened um, of a close friend of Hilal's that, you know, speared Hilal into a trajectory to change her life and get close to Allah Santala. And I also mentioned that I was at the masjid at this janazah of a, of a young, young woman, a young girl, and there was all of this shabab and this youth that came to the masjid that I had never seen before. And all of these, all of these people that were just like, I'm changing my life right now. And I was like, oh my God, who is this person? Like, I remember thinking, like, who is the person that passed away? Allah, and, and for, and like, why? Why was it like such a big deal for so many people at the time? And, um, I, 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 I met so many incredible people during that period um, that came to the masjid after that tragic death. Um, and they were such, just the most incredible people and the most sincerest people I ever met. Um, and that sister that passed away, her older sister, was name was Faiza. I, I knew she was going through a lot at this time period, at the moment. Um, and Qadr Allah Mashafala, although I wanted to get her on the, on the podcast, Allah set it up in a way where he got her to say, hey, I, should, I feel this strong inclination to come on your podcast and share my story. And I was like, oh, my God, I was going to ask you. You were a part of this season. It's crazy that you've come before I could get to you um, because I, I wouldn't have because of what you, she was experiencing at the time. Um, and, and subhanAllah, it was as if Allah planned this very moment. So this is Faiz's story. My name is Faiz Abdul, as you guys know. Um, I was born and raised in Toronto. I had, I grew up with nine, including me, nine beautiful siblings, six brothers, three sisters, my wonderful mom and father. And honestly, I cannot start anything, first of all, like, alhamdulillah for the childhood I did have, and alhamdulillah for the mother that I have, because... Uh, I cannot be the woman s- sitting in front of you, Adar, or the person that I am today without her. And you don't know me if you don't know Muhammad, if you don't know Fortune, if you don't know Fadima, if you don't know Mahmoud, if you don't know, you don't know me if you don't know Ilyas, Tahir, Mahad, Ahmed. You don't know me if you don't know my family. That's how tight knit we were growing up. We prided ourselves in the friendship we created with among ourselves. And it's nine of us. You don't need friends. We didn't need the outside world, right? <laughs> you really, you really didn't. didn't. People? I'm sorry. Who has any room for anybody you else? You don't. I'm telling you. So um, so we, we grew up incredibly close, closer than the average family, I would say. Yeah. And that's all thanks to my mom. Something about my mom, I can't, it's hard. I don't want to cry five minutes into this, right? Yeah. I don't want <laughs> we, to. We, we, we're going to suck, we're it, gonna back suck it back in. We're going to suck it back in. But my mom, honestly, 
I can't, I can't begin to describe the beauty, the beauty of her inside and out. Everybody who compliments me and tells me that I'm an amazing mother or that Faisa, you're so resilient or Faisa, you're so strong, subhanAllah, like even though I don't think that's necessarily what it is that I'm doing, everything about me in that sense is due to Amna Hirsiqara, is due to my mother and the woman that I got to see growing up and the type of mother she was to us and how sweet, affectionate, caring, understanding she's been my entire life. Everybody who knows me, who knows my family, knows this about our mother. And she's, you know, she's always been that kind of woman. Yeah. She's adopting everybody, yeah. you know? <laughs> come in. Like, you can, if you come to my house, you feel like one of us. Yeah. That's how we are. Yeah. We, we, we're, we have an inviting spirit, and that's on behalf of my mother. Yeah. And I pray that I can be even one-fourth of the woman she's been. So... I'm a regular girl growing up in Toronto, and I wouldn't necessarily say I came from the most religious background, but we were always God conscious. So my mother was my mother was very like she did take us to Duxi. She did show us in her actions and in her words. Like she always told us like about Allah and taught us the basics. But it wasn't there wasn't much depth to it, but it wasn't like we were distant, right? It was just kind of like the regular way of growing up in the Somali community almost, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I lived a pretty basic life. I was this nerdy, Halal can vouch for this. I was this really nerdy um, Somali girl <laughs> who just liked to read. Aww. I was like, I was always the, like out, I wouldn't say the outcast, but yeah. I was always kind of the other yeah. in terms of, especially like my family. So I had my little sister. Yeah. I had my little sister, Fortun, who was a year younger than me, but she was like six one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was wow, like, mashallah. yeah, mashallah. She was incredibly tall. So she was a year younger than me and, and she was really popular. Wow. So she is the opposite of me. Yeah. So you were the nerdy. I'm shocked right now. You were the nerdy one? Listen, all the clout I got was because of her. <laughs> all the clout. And the whole time I thought you were popular because you were popular. I'm not. No. I was. I, Inland, you were riding off your sister's popularity. Yes. Who knew? For, what do you think? You think Halal's my friend, Adar? She is not my friend. <laughs> She's not my friend. She was Fortune's friend, Allah Hista. And basically, so she was really popular. She was, you know, but. But we did share similar friends and friend groups yeah. because, again, my mother and my father raised us upon you are nothing without your sibling. Mm. They always told us that. The person beside you, that should be your only friend. So there was pairs. Yeah. You know, there's nine <laughs> of us. So everybody had a pair. Everybody had a pair. <laughs> everybody had a pair. Yeah. So my pair was Fortune. Oh, wow. Ahmed's pair, the youngest, was, was Hoya. His, yeah. his pair was my mom, Aww. right? Young young baby syndrome, right? Yeah. But everybody had a pair. We yeah. all had our best friends. We were born with them. Yeah. I had Fortune. Yeah. And she was always cooler than me. She was always more bubblier, always more active, you know. And she always fought for what was right. And there was nobody who knew her who couldn't tell you that. She hated bullies. Mm. Let me tell you something. She used her six foot one height <laughs> for you to full advantage. <laughs> I promise you that much. Got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But alhamdulillah, <laughs> she she wasn't having it. Nope. If she felt like you were bullying, yeah. bothering, yeah. um, she she was not someone. But she was very like um, opinionated. She was so affectionate. Aww. 
Fortune, if she were her friend and she loved you, she's hugging you, she's kissing you right now, Adat. Oh, she wow. did not care. A lot of people would tell me Fortune was my first kiss. She kissed me on the cheek. <laughs> she would kiss me on the cheek. She was she was like that. She was like my mom in that oh sense, my right? God, the she first was, kiss has me. Are you right? No, uh, but she. Because you know we don't grow up affectionate. You I, know, in I know. So you can imagine like uh, your friend kissing you on the cheek. I like, know. Well, it's crazy because yeah. I only just recently found out that Somalis are not affectionate. Yeah. I just uh, automatically <laughs> assume everyone's like my mom. Yeah. And my mom right now, like. If you sit beside her and she's talking to you, she will make you feel like you and her are the only person in the world. Oh, wow. She's going to hold your hand. Inshallah. She's going to touch your face. Like my mom was always the most affectionate. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that I am an affectionate mother like her. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. My kids, they get all the kisses. Guess what? I see it. Uh, I yeah. know they get all the kisses. I bet you smother them. I do. You look like the mom. I that hope does. it doesn't cause them issues as adults. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no. So Fortune was like my mom in every sense of the word. She was like my mom. She was she was outgoing. She was mm-hmm. you know she was a she was beautiful. She was so like kind hearted and sweet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I was always more timid. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have much of a personality trait. You could <laughs> say that. Like I was just always very timid, very shy, yeah. very like to myself. I had my I had the same friends most of my life growing up. Yeah. Um, so, subhanAllah, so we, we move out to Brampton, okay, mm. I'm 18 years old, I get my license, I'm working at McDonald's, I'm a cool girl, You're right? Popping. Right? And then, like, at that time, nobody was really driving, or nobody really had, like, a car to drive. Mm-hmm. I would say I was blessed with a lot of freedom as mm-hmm. a child and i wouldn't say that in a like oh my mom just no didn't i care. mean yeah Not in a, i didn't care way. she trusted us yeah my mom trusted us fully she yeah. trusted me specifically a lot mm-hmm. you know because you were the responsible one yes mm-hmm. yes i was i'm still the timid the timid the shy is always a responsible yeah. one as well yeah so i was a new driver you know um mm-hmm. And me and my sister, we would ride Whipping around. We Whipping were riding it. around the Picking city together. Picking everybody up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, that, we were those cool girls. We that, were. Who we parents were. gave them a car and you yes. could drive it where. Exactly. And, you, and I bet you guys were generous. Picking we, up we, were, we were. We were. Because we got that, again, from our mom, the yeah. generosity, right? We didn't yeah. think about gas money. We didn't think yeah, about how no. long it took. <laughs> we were just riding around the city. You know what I mean? So September 2012. I was 18 years old. And regular day, me and my sister and a few friends of ours, we go out for a drive. Faiza and Fortune and two of the friends were driving around. Faiza was going to drop off Fortune and her friend. And when they finally made it there, Fortune comes out of the vehicle. So does her friend. And they're standing in front of the vehicle. Faiza tries to back out to leave. But instead, she presses the gas for the car to move forward. The car drives, jumps forward. Although her friend got away, the vehicle hit Fortune. Imagine, I'm 18 years old. I'm, I'm confused, Abaya. Confused, Adar. I don't understand what's going on. I see my sister. I see blood. I see her lifeless. And I don't, I can honestly tell you this, Adar, when I say I don't recall the next two months after that. And anyone who's seen me within that two-month period can tell you that. I had no understanding, no understanding of it. Why would this happen to me? What did I do? I was a good person. 
I was nice to people. I didn't like to fight. Why would God do this to me? That's what That was what my first thought process was. I didn't think I deserved it. So I spent years fighting with guilt, fighting with what I did and did not deserve, and allowing my life and making my life harder because I felt like I didn't deserve to live. And I was just too coward to kill myself. I tried, and it didn't work, and I didn't want to see my mom hurt any more than she was. When um, Fortune passed away, right, and I was at that janazah. I didn't know Faiza, I didn't know Fortune, but I had, I had seen so many people that I had never seen before at the masjid who had decided they were going to change their life for the better. And I remember at that moment being at the janazah thinking, oh my God, subhanAllah, look at all the shabab. I've never seen this much youth. You know, I kept thinking, oh my God, if I pass away, will I have this kind of impact, right? Will people um, reflect on my death and say, I'm going to put on the hijab because, you know, I, I'm, I was important to them and I, I inspired them to change their life, giving me an opportunity to kind of, you know, mean something to somebody. You know, I kept thinking like oh, my value as a person at this very moment and what that would mean after the after the day I passed, you know, and I, and, and, and I never really used to give thought to that. You know, you don't really give thought to that. Like, uh, how are you going to exist when you pass um, into people's hearts and people's lives? And I remember thinking, subhanAllah, look, look at the impact Fortuna. It is a testament of the kind of person she was, you know, and the kind of girl. And I, and I personally reflected on that. But not even on top of that. There was chitter chatter at the time where it was like, subhanAllah, um, somebody, you know, a, a person was, you know, saw uh, the death of her sister, you know, was, you know, some people would, you know, um, loosely say, oh, she, you know, accidentally, you know, um, hurt her sister. And you can imagine like feeling like you're a participant. Right. They always say there's a, there's there's a few types of qadr that's very difficult to accept. Right. The qadr that the decree that happened to you by your own hands, the decree that happened to you um, by somebody else's hands. You know, there's different forms of qadr that's, you know, very difficult to accept. And the kind of decree that was tested on Faiza is the most difficult kind of decree to accept. So you can imagine the 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 concern the community had for Faiza. How was she going to weather this storm? How was she going to recognize what this really was? That this was something that was decreed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Right? And not to put herself as I did this. You know, I I I, I if I had done this, this would have never happened. You know, how do how does she move past this? How? especially to a sibling you loved and that you were so close to, how do you move past this? And that was a question that was lingering, you know, in all of our minds, was how was Faiza going to move on? I came pretty early, and I, it's so crazy, Adar, because I only ever knew or heard or even recall this because a friend, Halal, and a, another friend of ours told me. So... That's how gone I was. That's how mentally, like, I don't recall my sister's janazah whatsoever. 
and hearing it from Halal's perspective or hearing it from our friend's perspective, Layla, they see me see my sister, right? It was crazy to think that that moment for them is what allowed them to be the women that they are today. And when we reunited years later and they told me that, it's crazy to think that that was you. I remember seeing, okay, I remember they were forcing me to see my sister. Like, I remember the ayayas. You know how... Yeah, they said see your sister. Yeah, you go see her. Go see her. She's clean. She's everything. You know what I mean? Say your goodbyes. Say your goodbyes. And I'm in this janaz and I'm like, I don't want to be here. This is not happening. What are you guys talking about? So I was in denial. I was in complete denial. I said, there's, I don't know what you guys are speaking about. This... This is not going on. I, I don't think I stopped crying for months. So I go into the room the way that I was told the story was. I was in the room and I remembered like bits and pieces. I don't know. I didn't even know that Halal and Leah. I don't remember anyone being in the room because in that moment, in that moment, it was just it was just me and this dead body that was once alive, that was once my whole heart that was once my sister you know what I mean and I see her and I just remember seeing her wrapped up right with the white and the she had the hijab and I remember her lips being really pink and I remember her smiling a little and I remember crying on top of her to wake up and from the story that I was told was that they were literally pulling me off of her body because I just I couldn't accept it, right? It's a hard thing to accept, especially at that age, right? And according to what I was told, they were pulling me from her body, trying to separate us because I was hysterical. I couldn't understand it. So it would it's it's hard, you know, to 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 know that like that moment changed so many people's lives. You know what I mean? And I couldn't even remember it. Yeah, because it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. I think your body might have been trying to recover. You know, like our bodies, our brains do things mm-hmm. because of trauma mm-hmm. um, to protect us. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear about the stories of like, you know, kids who go through really traumatic experiences yeah. at a young age, like molestation and stuff, and they'll shut off. Yeah, right? yeah. And, it, and it's, it, the brain does it to protect. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's what happened to yeah. me. And I think in that moment, for me, I just didn't understand death. Yeah. Really and truly, that's what it came down to. I didn't understand death. Why wasn't she moving? Why are we here? What's going on? Like, I just didn't, none, none of it made sense to me. And I refused to leave that janazah without her. I refused. In my mind, in that trauma, in that moment, I wasn't. It would have, I don't know how I left. But in that moment, I was like, no, this is not happening. I can't live without her. I don't want to. Months go by, months go by, and I remember everybody, yeah, everybody was putting on the hijab, I remember Mm -hmm. in our age group, right, except me, I said no, I didn't want to, now I'm rebelling, because when the accident happened, right, I remember literally on the floor of the scene, crying to the sky, like, ya Allah, like, I don't, like, I don't know anything, I don't know, like, how to even make a proper da'a. And I remember screaming, Ya Allah, please, please make her okay. With blood on my hands, on my clothes. Ya Allah, please make her okay. Like right there. Right there. 
please, Ya Allah, whatever you need, I will do it. Please make her okay. And I will never forget being in the police car and being driven away from the scene and being told that she was dead. And getting that sinking feeling in your heart, in your stomach. Like emptiness almost, right? It's, it's a crazy feeling, grief. Incredibly crazy feeling. And I remember feeling that. And just not like... I was gone mentally. There was no phase for a really long time. And I know a lot of my friends at the time who knew me before the accident. Like I had two of my best friends that I grew up with. I remember they would always tell me that there's phase before the accident and there was phase after. Whoever you were after was not you. So... Moving, like, I remember everybody was putting on hijab, halal, Layla. I remember all the girls from Izzy and yeah. Dix and everybody. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, like, everybody's coming to me. They're trying to give me that. Well, we're all new to it. Mind mm. you, we're all yeah. young girls and we're yeah. new to it. None of us knew what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and everyone's trying to, like, and I remember there was that, like, whole, like, like, everybody felt like they needed to save me. Mm. And I didn't want to be saved. I did not. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having it and I remember coming to these halakas all of us inexperienced yeah. <laughs> me halal we're all inexperienced and and everybody's waiting for Faiza to put on the hijab or mm-hmm. for Faiza because they, they're waiting because they I, I assume I don't know if I'm wrong halal has to correct me but I assume everybody's feeling like yo like it's this, this is how we can get her better yeah. I know that collectively yeah. my community was trying to help me yeah. in the best way that they knew how mm-hmm. and I took offense to it <laughs> wow so you were upset. I was upset. I went people to... were dragging you to the masjid. <laughs> Yo, I remember Halal. I remember Halal and Layla having yeah. a halakha. Yeah. This is like the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a halakha. And I was forced to go. And I was so... I was like, yeah. I was like what are you bringing me here? Why are you guys always trying to talk to me about this stuff? <laughs> like, you know, because in my head, I'm like, yo, if if I, Allah had a chance, like, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. But I felt like I had that chance yeah. to really, like, I felt like, if Allah truly loved me, if yeah. Allah wanted me, if I want, if Allah wanted me to be the best Muslim, He would have never taken my sister. Subhanallah. That's how I felt. Subhanallah. So you May Allah angry. forgive me for those thoughts. But that's how I felt. You were angry. Angry, livid, yeah. at everybody. I had some severe anger issues. <laughs> so I come to this halakha once. Subhanallah. May Allah forgive me. And I remember arguing with everybody. I remember arguing to the point where, <laughs> to the point where. To the point where everybody said, oh, God, this girl, like, there was a gin in her. Like, that was the conclusion, you know? And I remember just saying, yo, bun this. And, like, I had a vendetta out against them now. Now it's war. You guys want me to be religious? No, I'm taking all your minions. Because you were angry. I was you were angry. angry. You were angry, bro. I wasn't having and it. And you're confused about everything. And may Allah bless Hilal and Layla. Yeah, I mean. Because they never gave up on it, me. Well, I'm going to get emotional. I know. <laughs> Jonathan, they, they, where's the tissue? <laughs> Jonathan, where's the tissue? <laughs> My God. <laughs> I can't do this. Okay, you're not going to cry. I'm going to cry. That's who's supposed to cry in this episode. Dang. Right. Okay. It, it definitely it benefited me later on in life to be able to know I had those kind of friends. 
Yeah, wow, you're super lucky. Yeah. Because people, like, when people even try to help friends, it's not always they really care to help, mm-hmm. you know? And um, these friends obviously really were trying to help because even when you cussed them out, they, they still came they back. Still, they stayed by. They, they, said, they, they, they said no. Yeah, they said no. no they well, said they're no. Real, they're real ones. They, May Allah uh, reward Hilal and Layla with the highest love of Jennifer for that mean. because those are real, those are real people. So what happened? So, so you're, yeah, they're so bringing you the halakha. You're cussing them out. I said, no, I'm not having this. Okay. I'm not having this. And I battled. I battled with with it for a long time. And I just, I felt like I just was harsh. I was harsh. And I didn't allow myself to even think about religion. So I would say 2013, I was incredibly depressed. Incredibly and I just couldn't be home. I couldn't face my family. I couldn't see my siblings. I couldn't see my mom. I had an incredible amount of guilt. And I felt like, I felt like there was no point of living. And I had these suicidal thoughts. I, 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 I really, I really was down bad. Iman wise there was none I can't even talk about in 2013 I can't even sit here and talk about um how it was it must have been for me like and what I was dealing with with my there was none there was no Iman there was no God consciousness there was no sense of faith I didn't want to be here and I made that incredibly clear and known you could not it was hard to even chill with me for more than two hours because I cried continuously and constantly and I was always in a state of trying to be as like unaware as possible you know what I mean and I just didn't I couldn't come down to the real world I couldn't accept my reality and I couldn't even go home sometimes you know what I mean and so that's that's 2013 so 2013 I spent most of that year just really depressed and down and I I remember hearing from somebody that they heard that I like lost my mind or something like that and you know me I don't know what it is with me and trying to just prove things to people right because even right after my sister died everybody was like being very careful about me with cars and I remember just stealing the car like maybe a week after like and just leaving for no reason even though driving gave me incredible anxiety attacks I did it because I wanted to prove that I could so I remember somebody coming to me telling me Faisa oh my god you're okay I heard you lost your mind I heard you're in the hospital I heard this and that and at this point, I don't think like Instagram and stuff like that was popping at these times. But like, so there wasn't no real way to prove whether I was good. You know how it is with social media. You can prove there was no real way. So that offended me a lot. So I spent the next two years proving that I was good in the worst ways possible. Indulging in the wrong things. And involving myself with bad actions and ultimately becoming a bad person subhanallah and this whole if there's like anything i want again gain out of this it's accountability and it's being accountable for myself 
for who I want to be in the future and who I was in the past. And as as like, you know, either you know me, we know each other. It's all love. It was always been love, right? Yeah, yeah, but alhamdulillah, you met me at a very good time in my life. Yeah. But before that, I was dealing with a lot. Mm-hmm. I was doing anything in my power to seem good. Yeah, seem good, straight. Seem amazing. Mm-hmm. That you're and having the time of your life. That I'm having the time of my life. And right? that you're, you moved past it. I've moved past it, and I'm living my best hot girl life. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to do, right? Yeah. And in doing so, I indulged in bad and whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. subhanAllah, like Allah tells us right like Allah tells us when Allah gave, gave us the Quran and gave us the prophet Muhammad sallallahu as an Allah example yeah. he it's really and truly for our good right because mm-hmm. we're just trying to do good and be good yeah. and be good to people mm-hmm. so when we indulge in bad mm-hmm. how can I say I'm a good person and everything about me is bad Mm. truly like mm-hmm. you know what i mean what i involve myself in like no matter what actions i can I can cover like no matter what it is that I can make myself seem like I'm doing if I'm continuously harming myself if I'm continuously putting myself in incredibly dangerous and bad positions like of course naturally the, this lifestyle is going to get to me it's going to get to my heart mm-hmm. and my heart was already black with depression now it's black with not only just depression but the life the the the, 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 the lifestyle I was leading I felt like Everybody was on eggshells around me. Everybody closest to me, like really close to me, like my mother or my brothers or my like close friends, you know, they were on eggshells because she seems good. She seems happy. Let her, like, if this is what is going to allow her to smile, yeah, then what can we do? Right? Yeah. So I, I kind of took that, took that to my advantage. And again, like back to my mom who, amazing right she she seen that I was going through so much and she would just try to talk to me every night she just tried to talk to me she never made me feel judged she never made me feel bad I would not come home sometimes for she never the door was always open she always gave me a hug we were all like she never made me feel like comfort wasn't in her arms so even if I was dealing with all of these demons inside or outside, I always felt safe with Hoya. And sometimes the thing that made me feel bad was knowing that knowing that I wasn't being the best version of myself, you know, and I know that's what she wanted for me, right? And she would always try to tell me, like, go like you know seek Allah seek forgiveness like you know like you have Faiza you were just a sabab you were just a reason you know what I mean don't let this eat you up understand like she always tried to make me understand like Hoya please try to pray try to do this these things will make you feel better and again I'm in this war right I'm in this war with my with with myself and my relationship that that I I refuse to have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah I refuse to have it I refuse to hear it and something I think that really clicked for me sometime around the end of 2015 was Ramadan 2015 
the first Ramadan I fasted the entire month. The first Ramadan. And I remember doing it because I was living with a, I was living with friends and their, and like their family. Right. And one thing I love about them is they take Ramadan really seriously. Mm. Like mm-hmm. they don't play. So, <laughs> so I was living with them. They're like, you're staying in our house. Listen, girl, you're praying five. You're fasting every day. <laughs> We're not having it. We don't care what you do after Isha. <laughs> they were serious. No, Wallahi, they were so serious. <laughs> so I was like, okay, damn, I'm stuck here. So I guess I have to, right? Yeah. So I did. So I did. And I'm so grateful that I did because I think that Ramadan, 2015 Ramadan, was the Ramadan that changed the course of my heart first. Wow. So I'm praying, I'm feeling a little bit lighter, I'm feeling better, subhanAllah. And because I'm fasting, because I'm inside, there was a lot of things happening that were, that like, that could have been fatal that I missed, you know? And I tried, I tried to put on the hijab for like a day or two, but you know how it is. Mm-hmm. You're in, how old was I? 2015, I think I was like 20. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. You put on the hijab. I'm wearing the super colorful like hijab, <laughs> whatever. And like none of my friends are hijabis, right? Yeah. So they're all like, yo, are you <laughs> you gonna <wear> that? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know Wait, what, guys, you you're serious? right. Yeah, you know what, my hair looks cuter like that. You know, oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah. So it, it, that's the thing, right? With 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 the society with the the society we live in now, like everybody who I'm talking about is Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being mocked for wearing the hijab. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's the society we live in now. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I remember 2015 comes and goes and I'm becoming a bit more God conscious. I'm not actively looking to, I'm not actively looking like, you know, I'm not like searching or like reading about things, but something in my heart changed where like every time I'm with my friends, I'm like, you guys, like this can't be it. This can't be everything. This can't be like what there has to be. Like, you know, you start, you start having that ugly where you're aware you start thinking more about this dunya, you know? And I feel like for so long, I was like kind of in a box in my own world, in my own sorrows, mm-hmm. in my own like, you know what I mean? Like I, there was nothing more than this box I created for myself. I didn't think about the hereafter. I didn't think about akhirah. I didn't think about punishment. I didn't think about jannah. I didn't think about none of that. I convinced myself that death is just blackness like there's nothing there's nothing after there's nothing after i convinced myself that to make myself feel better about not only just fortune's death but about the way i was living my life right and something i realized too is like i remember i'm at this place where i'm like you know thinking more about the dean and i'm talking to my friends about it and i'm like yo you guys like I want this for myself. Like, I want to actually be this person. And we're all encouraging each other. We are, you know, but there's no change, you know. And this is why it's incredibly important to, like, I loved these girls at this time in my life. These friends that I have, I love them. I'll always love and respect them. But regardless, your friends and your surroundings are incredibly important when it comes to the trajectory of your life and where you're going to go. You know what I mean? So even though we all wanted this for ourselves in our heart, there's no change being made. And I didn't know what to do because I knew that I needed something deeper for myself. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything. And I told my mom this. And my mom was like, well, guess what, Hoya? 
have a trip planned for us early 2016 to go to Somalia. So I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to Somalia. This is lit. You know, my older sister lives out there. I'm so oh, excited Allah. to see her because I'm missing the sisterhood, mm -hmm. right? Because I have six brothers, mm -hmm. all this masculine energy <laughs> around me. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see my sister. I can't wait to go out there. You know what I mean? And and I didn't understand how important that trip would have been, is, is was for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm telling my friends, I'm like, you guys, I'm going to Somalia, I'm going to Somalia, da, da, da. And everybody's like, oh, you're not afraid of being left? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I am not, actually. <laughs> Are you sure you're not being kidnapped? <laughs> That's, I wasn't, I was not afraid, you know? So I remember the day of my flight. Yeah. The day of my flight, you know me, yeah. Miss Wregley, like I'm all <laughs> over the city. So two hours before my flight, I come home. Yeah. I come home. And I'm in the car with my friends. Mm -hmm. I'm still friends with one of the girls who was in the car till this day, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm in the car with my friends and I look at them. I look at them in my crop top and my hair done. And I'm like, you guys, I'm leaving. And wallahi, I'm not coming back the same visa. And I hope you guys understand that. You Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 plot twist. You sat down, basically your friends. Yeah, they dropped me off home. They dropped you off home, and yeah. you had to, you had basically you had a yeah a conversation. I, we were just talking Wait. casually, and I said, "You guys, I'm leaving, <laughs> and I'm not coming back the same visa." <laughs> you said, "You said Hannah Montana." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm living one life. Um, that's it's it. it. It's it. And I remember, you know, obviously, wow. right? We're young. Yeah. What am I like? Twenty one at this point. We're young. I'm just like the we're, they don't we're not looking outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But you were you were. I was at this point. Oh, yeah. I was. I was dedicated. I was dedicated because I was hurt. I was hurt intensely, deeply. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I the, what the way that I decided to live wasn't helping. Mm -hmm. So now that this war I have, this I'm war coming, I have coming to an end it, for no reason. Yeah. Arms up all the time fighting yeah. nothing like fighting what fighting what's good for me mm -hmm. so my shaitan is allowing me to fight what was good for me and that's nearness in allah mm -hmm. so that isn't working for me mm -hmm. so i look at my friends wallahi allah's <laughs> my witness i look at my friends and i tell them before i hop on this flight two hours before this flight after what egg in the whole city you guys <laughs> so basically you had the time wait let me get it. i had the time, time of my life, life okay? i knew what time With it was your in my crop top and your hair top okay <laughs> looking like hot girl summer uh, yes and when it was done in a wrap you looked at them at the end of the night. Two hours said, before my flight. Two hours before your flight. You said, no, listen here now. This is my last day. That's it. And when I leave and come back, I will not be this person again. Mm. And it's all right. And you did it with conviction. Like with you knew, conviction. You knew this was the last I rodeo. didn't know what it was. I wow, didn't know what so it was well. that I wanted to do. But I knew that what I was doing, I wasn't happy with. Mm -hmm. You weren't. But, it's, it's not, but can you tell me a little bit about how the fact that like you could live a life and look like appear to look like you're happy, but you're not? Yeah. Isn't that wild? I know. And I think social media plays a big part in that. Because at this time, I remember 2014, 2015 yeah. is when Instagram started popping yeah. off, right? It was cute to look outside doing things. Yeah. yeah so, looking cute. So I feel like I utilized that to make myself be this it girl. Yeah. Right? Like I was that I, it girl. And I heard. And yeah. I heard you were. So that's the thing, though. And for the listeners that don't know, you were that it girl. I was Like that we're it talking girl. about like, and I'm not talking, you were always sweet. We're not talking Regina George, it girl. I mean, like Regina George with all his status, cute, look at everything. <laughs> no, no, Everybody, <laughs> no, I swear to God, you were that person. And it was the, to me, it was like, wow. But like, I, I tr that's what I wanted, right? Yeah. Because I went, I, when I heard, oh, FaZe, I heard you lost your mind. You're crazy. I said, how can I flip this? 
You didn't like your image. I didn't like that. I didn't want that sorrow. Mm. And I'm still like that till this day. That's something maybe I need a lot of therapy for. But I'm not really good at um, the the sim- like the the sympathy. Mm-hmm. I love empathy. Feel with me. But don't you know feel what sorry I mean? for me. But don't feel sorry for me. Yeah. And so when I heard that, I was like, how can I make sure this whole city yeah. thinks I'm at the top? So you ran, you basically rebranded. I rebranded in yeah. the worst way possible. <laughs> Truly, when you look back, right? Yeah. yeah. So you rebranded of what society said was a rebrand, exactly like acceptable. Exactly. So you chased that, like, and you got there, I, and you're at the height of your rebranding. The height. And I, then the last two hours before you fly, you looked at the height of rebranding. You said it's a wrap. I'm about to rebrand again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not going to be this person, and and that's it. And I left. You left and Somalia. I went to Somalia for three months, and it was the best time of my life. Let me tell you something. Traveling can change your life. And the reason why traveling changes life is that you recognize that you don't live in a bubble and that the world is far more larger than you think and that people are tested in all different ways. And it provides you something so valuable. Perspective. And if you remember all of the episodes before, I traveled, Mona traveled, Lena Ahmed traveled, something about traveling, some, something about going to a foreign place and seeing how people live and seeing the things that they are um, trying to move past, trying to rise above. You recognize that we're actually all in this together and that it's, you're able to kind of accept the the difficulty you recognize it's it's not just me it's not just me and then all of this is just part of life and that humans are far more resilient than we give ourselves credit for and that's what Somalia did for Faiza it allowed her to take a step back look around breathe a little bit accept the quiet you know, see what's going around, investigate it, question, 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 and really dig deep. So I'm out there and I'm dealing with so much inner, inner workings of myself, so much that I've been avoiding. So I spent 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, that's four years. I spent, I never had one second alone. And anytime I had a moment alone, I, it was never safe for me mentally. So I avoided it. So now it's just me, my mom, and my brothers. You know, I'm already close with my brothers. I'm really close with them. You know what I mean? And so I'm having a good time with them. I'm with my mom who I can see that she's happy and she sees that I'm happy, you know, and we're with a, we're with my older sister, her oldest daughter, and we're all happy, you know. We're like this little, you know, and a piece of me just feels good, you know, feels good for once. And I liked it. And I was just like, how can I continue this feeling? You know what I mean? So I'm looking deeper within myself. And I remember, you know, you go to these places, like, right? You go to Somalia, you go to Africa, and you see a lot of tragedy. And you see how they move about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're not very, like, wallow. Mm -hmm. They're not, like, the wallowing type. They don't dwell. They don't dwell. It's like, we move. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, but so, they kind of move with this understanding. Exactly, it's not a move of like, oh, the trauma. Like they don't want to think about it. It's like they have they come to peace with it quickly. Quickly, yeah. Up until this point, no understanding. Right, I don't understand my lord. I don't understand. Um, 
my dean, I don't understand what's what and why things are the way they are. And I remember my sister, my older sister, teaching me a few surahs. It was Surah Fajr. I remember her teaching me that one, right? And just being shook. It talks about Judgment Day. The way it hit my soul Mm -hmm. was different. Yeah. Because it made me feel small. For so long, I'm the super confident, borderline cocky person (laughs) who I was so full of myself. I'm in my own world. So learning that surah made me realize how small I was Mm. in the grand scheme of life. And it humbled me real quick. Real quick. <laughs> real like that. There's, you not, know? there's not, nothing could harm, humble you than the Quran itself. Oh my God, subhanAllah. You know when the deen touches you for the first time? It's, a, it's, a, it's like you're high. I'm oh, sorry. It's like this, this unexplained euphoric moment. You know, and it's so crazy. It's, Until today, I don't think I'll ever get the high that I felt the first I time. Know, what? Do you know now being there for so many years? I'm like, I can, I still remember Ay, oh, the euphoric me. when it's like almost like you could see a lot. It's like the veil was removed. It's crazy, and you start seeing the world different. Like, damn, this is what's been going on. You, you really. You really like it's it's yo. I remember reaching yeah. that euphoric uh, moment, that yeah. euphoric moment, yeah. And being in no phone, no friends, mm-hmm. no distractions, no music, no nothing. It's me in this in this other the other part of the world. It's me, the Quran that I have on YouTube because mm-hmm. I didn't have the actual physical book and I couldn't read it. Yeah. So and it's whatever my sister taught me, right? Yeah. And. I'm sitting here and I'm crying because I'm by myself. SubhanAllah. And I have to figure out my emotions, right? I yeah. have to figure out what, what I'm dealing with deep inside. Yeah. And I didn't know how to. Mm-hmm. And I'm crying and I I have to turn to Allah. I'm fi- I've am i been fighting this for so long. Mm-hmm. It's time, right? Mm-hmm. So I do. The feeling that I felt the the surrender i'm telling you you never feel it <laughs> never. after the first time you don't feel it and like not, that again not to that level not to that level not it's to true. that level it, every time it's it's almost like we're in a rat race to get back to that exactly but it's there's it was almost like it's when allah gives you hidayah yeah he gives you hidayah like it's almost yeah. like he presents himself to you yeah it's just like you be crying you don't know why you're crying I'm telling and you, you just feel open and just and all of a sudden it's as if you can see him in full 6k I'm you know what i'm saying you, yeah. and um it changes you forever Exactly. And I feel like for me, right, in this moment, there was still lack of understanding, mm-hmm. but I was feeling something. Mm-hmm. But that's the key. You, you know, the interesting part is a lot of people think that in order to feel that, you have, have to, to know a un- un- lot. No, no. And it's not. Tr- and it, subhanAllah, it's so far from the truth. Yeah, I didn't I- know nothing. I didn't even know how to pray. Yeah. Halal right there taught me how to pray. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to pray properly. I yeah. knew the actions, of yeah, course. Yeah. But you have to understand too that, like, if you're not continuously keeping up for something, you forget. You forget. Nah, so, halal, right there. So I'm in Somalia. I didn't even know how to pray about <laughs> and I'm too embarrassed to tell anybody. I didn't or know your how mom. To pray. I had a similar situation. Uh, but I talked about it first episode. I did. I was too afraid to tell my mom. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't At twenty, I said, "There's no way. There's no way." There's, it's like saying you don't know the ABCs. I, that's a, that's what I felt like being a Muslim. It's like saying you don't know. And that's and but remember that's our own shame. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not anything anybody put on us. You know what exactly. I'm yeah. Anybody can start anywhere. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I learned that after. Mm-hmm. But at this time, I'm like, I can't tell Father Mo, I can't tell Hoya, I can't tell nobody that I don't know how to pray. So I'm just doing the actions <laughs> and making da, right? Yeah. So I'm doing the actions and I'm making da, and I'm crying. 
And the next day, I remember, so it's me, my brothers, my sister, we're watching a movie in the living room. Mm-hmm. My mom is out with my one of my other brothers, yeah. and boom, huge bomb. Excuse me. A huge bomb happens in the Somalia. Whole, in Somalia, the 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 windows open, everything wow. just like you know, shaking, shaking, and everything. So, um, and I was, I never felt that type of fear in my life. Subhanallah. And I remember that was the day I started praying <laughs> five times a day, and I. Never <laughs> You heard a bomb and said, yeah. uh-uh, I'm so sorry. I said, no, no, no. I'm death about is to near. be God, right? Near. Death is right. Is that my fourth doorstep? <laughs> it's at my doorstep. You're telling me medical moat was in my area? Um, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. So I spent the rest of my trip in reflection. I was in awe. Yeah. And now I'm realizing, like, the sun, like, look how big it is. Mm-hmm. Like, who created this sun? Who created the sky? You Look at the you, sea. You start getting the Al-Huda feeling. Um, you start reflecting. Girl, the let me get to the Al-Huda part of my story, girl. I got a lot to say. I love that place. At this point, Al-Huda needs to endorse us because the amount I'm of times I, we talked, and, and, and that's how incredible they are. I, I recommend Al-Huda to everybody all yeah. the time. And they do it, by the way, they do it online. Yeah, now, yeah, day. yeah. When I get back, inshallah. But so I'm reflecting. I've never seen an ocean before. Mm-hmm. This massive ocean, mm. right? I'm seeing the people, how they conduct, how they move themselves, mm. how how they act, how they deal with grief mm. and trauma. And in the grand scheme of things, when I'm there, it almost seems like my problems were so minuscule yeah. and so solvable. Yeah. SubhanAllah. And I remember my sister and me going on a walk. We've seen this woman, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like asking for money or something like that. And she wasn't crying. She was very happy. My sister's talking to her. And you know me and my limited Somali, right? So I'm like not really understanding what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And my sister was telling me the lady's story. And apparently like half, like three of her kids died in that same bombing or something. So subhanAllah. And may Allah grant them Jannah. And I remember I'm like, what? That does not look like a woman who lost three of her kids mm-hmm. yet the other day. She was so like... Mashallah, like you know, she carried herself well and beautiful, and she kept saying Alhamdulillah. My sister's saying they're doing their condolences. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. You know what I mean? What can we do? Alhamdulillah. I'm telling, I'm talking to my sister about my grief, right, and what I'm dealing with. And her, she, I, her and my mom were the ones who who taught me sabab, right? That's a Somali word, right, guys? Sabab. What is it? Like the meat, the reason. They taught me you were just the reason when Fortune was born. Allah wrote why she was going to die. And you were just a sabab. You were just a reason. You have to understand that, Faiza. You did not. You are not the cause of it. You may be your purpose in this. Maybe the reason for your sisterhood was for that moment. You don't know Allah's plan. You don't know Allah's plan. And I'm thinking about this, right? I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this because for so long I lacked that understanding, right? And I'm I'm still in the process of learning, right? I'm still in the process of learning. So now I come back from Somalia. I come back from Somalia. I have my hijab on, right? Mm-hmm. Still wearing pants for most of 2016, right? Mm-hmm. So I have my hijab on and I remember, like, I remember the kind of reactions you get from people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, oh, I give you 60 days. Yo, I give you 30 days, 90, 90. <laughs> so, like, everybody's making bets and it's all joking and it's all funny, right? In the moment, we're all friends, right? Mm-hmm. But it really did hurt my feelings at that time. Wait, people are doing bets about what? Like, how long it'll take me to take off my hijab. Shut up. I swear. 
What? And in, in a very joking manner. I don't think their intentions were to put me down. I'm seeing the friends that I'm with and I'm seeing that like whether it was intentional or unintentional, the the support that I thought I could get from them wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So now I have to find new friends. Right? I have to. Oh, I have wow. to find a new. Yeah. I have to find and it's a new vi- tribe. That's a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I try like it was very hard. Something that isn't really talked about either is it's very hard to transition, mm, right? Mm-hmm. From like non-practicing to practicing. It's the di- most difficult because you have changed your whole life. You have to change. You have to your flip it it's completely, c- and you have to sever relations you have for years if yes. it doesn't benefit you. Uh huh. And, and is that's how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that when these were your dogs? You know, your whole life. And they 12, had your back. 13 years, I'm and telling you. And, and, and they're the ones doing these weird, lame jokes about, you got about 90 days before you've, you're you going to take off your hijab. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So I can't imagine, like, it, 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 it's easier just to stay with them, bro. It is. Than it is to switch your whole life. Exactly. And the uncertainty Exactly. And I, I remember just being put in very uncomfortable positions that compromised what I wanted for myself mm-hmm. and what I was trying to get away from. Um, yeah, and change. So I think, yeah, so I met up with Halal. Mm-hmm. So Halal. You so. gave her a ring ding. You said, so sis. Halal, <laughs> so Halal became a little bestie, me, her, and Bella for a bit. You know Bella's what I mean? her cat, by the way. <laughs> Bella's the cat. Her, her, her cat passed away. We can't say Halal Yuhama to a cat, can we? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, we can't say, Guess what? When her cat passed away, ra- side, side note, when her cat passed away, I, we stood around like, should we do Janessa? Not the Janessa. Bro, I actually because, was so sad when Bella yeah, died. It was a very weird thing because I think for a long time we treated Bella like a real person. I'm telling you. Yeah. And so it, when she passed away, it was as if a real person passed away. I know. And we just stood there and it, it just didn't feel enough just to cry. We wanted to make die. We wanted to, <laughs> you know, we wanted to like, you know, stand, you know what I mean? We wanted to give her Bella, her due diligence. Bella is the best. She's though. the best. She's and, the best. But good thing about Bella is that she doesn't have any tests. Exactly. You know, she goes where she goes. Exactly. So where were yeah, so I'm chilling with Hala, I'm chilling with Bella, yeah. I'm chilling with Aye Asha, like we're all <laughs> chilling, you know what I mean? And and I, I, I'm like hiding. Yeah. I have to hide, right? Yeah. I changed my number. I won't forget. You know what you I mean? You did not change your I do, number. I, yo, listen. I'm the queen of like disappearing. Like, listen. If I if if I don't want you to hear from me, you will never, never hear, hear from me. <laughs> I promise you'll never find me ever. You know. So um. So I I, I disappeared. Right. Yeah. I still kept in contact with a few of these friends, yeah. but I just distanced myself. Yeah. So now I'm cl- I'm getting closer with Halal, Halal. right? Yeah. And Halal goes to Al Hada, but I'm in the middle of moving from Scarborough all the way to like you know. So yeah. I'm like. How can I go to Al Hadda Halal? Like it's this so place far. seems like, but it's so far. I don't have a car. Da 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 da. And Halal would, uh, she was teaching me how to pray those times. Halal was Aww. like, she's taking me from step one. And she was, I remember she's like, just go to Duxie because she did the Duxie with the little kids. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, girl, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, she did that, and she, <laughs> she and did she, that. Biggest advocate. She goes, either you want to learn Quran, let's go to kindergarten. I'm <laughs> telling <laughs> you, you lost your damn mind. Like, you lost that human being. I know. I don't know how Halal, she survived that. And, and you know what? Allah Masha blessed Allah, it for her. Though. He did. And he look, did. And now we have like the biggest happy hitter. Um, Masha Allah. So. So I wish, and now looking back, I wish. Yeah, we did it, right? I wish I did Because we probably would be where she's at. Exactly, (laughs) but I refused. 
I said, hello, if you don't sit here and tell me my LF baptized right now, sis, <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. And keep this a private affair. Don't <laughs> tell anybody. Don't tell nobody. I don't know why, right? Like, why are we so shameful of I it? I don't know. It, it, it's, this, it's this weird thing about being Somali and being prideful. Because, you know, Somalis are very, very prideful, prideful. About, the, about how our kids are, are, are Muslim. Are recent, yeah. Not only are they Muslim, they're Quran competition winners. Exactly. They're, yep. they're Hufad. Yep. They're, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that Somali parents were proud about. Imagine if you were below the belt. You don't want to talk. You don't want to out yourself. I know. I you know, know. It was that was the thing that they they carried like a flag. Exactly. So it, you don't want that, right? I remember moving to a certain area that was a bit closer, but I didn't have a car. That's what it was. I didn't have a car, so I moved, and I was like, I was telling Hoya, I want to go to Alhada. She was like, Hold my, you know my mom. So she's like, Okay, now we're gonna get a car. Don't worry. So she's scrambling, and I feel so bad, right? And like that's that's like the definition of my mom. She always wants to make everything easy for us. You know, and and I felt bad. So I'm like, you know, I've reached this point in my iman at this part, right? Where I'm not even like there's no if, ands, buts about it. If I want it, if I need it, I'm asking Allah and du'a. Like I'm praying for it. And I'm asking Allah and du'a. Yeah, Allah, make this easy for me. Grant me this because up until this point, like this is sometime in 2016, middle of 2016, up until this point, all the only source of happiness I got within me was everything I was learning about the deen about my lord all about it's like all of this was continuously making me happier so so I'm I make da'a I'm like ya Allah please ya Allah allow it if it's for me allow me to go to al-hada mm-hmm. I thought I'm lying if I'm lying I'm dying yeah. <laughs> 9 a.m the next day how else? 9 a.m. the next day, a dear friend of mine knocks on the door. Faze, I heard you moved here. I said, what? who's this? She's like, oh, it's me, you know? It's so-and-so. And I'm like, hi, Baya. Oh, my God, you live here? She lives right upstairs. Yeah. She's like, yeah, um, I'm actually going to Al-Hadda right now. You want to come? Shut up. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm Shut telling you, girl. Wallahi. The night before you make it, I'd go to Al-Hadda. And the next, day, the next knocking- morning, 9 a.m., we don't have each other's number. I don't know how she knew I moved there. <laughs> <laughs> wallahi, wallahi, we have no contact with each other. At this point, I didn't have social media, so I, I like, you, went ghost, right? Because you went ghost, yeah. you disappeared. So, what? Like, it's like, so Allah sent her. Allah sent uh, her. You uh, asked uh, and he sent her. I'm telling you, that's wow. the power of Allah, right? Wow. So so now I'm in Al-Hadda, and I remember the battles I was going through with Al-Hadda internally. Mm-hmm. Because I, every day I would come, and we have the sister was um doing the tafsir Mm -hmm. teaching us and it scared me it scared my soul Mm -hmm. right and every day i battled with something deep inside that i know every muslim goes through Mm -hmm. the doubt the shaitan right the shaitan in your head you can't do it you can't do it why are you here look how like look how misplaced you are yeah as i'm saying so i had this constant doubt i had this constant doubt I'm doubting what what I'm being, what I'm hearing. Even you know what I mean. And I I kept going home. I would pray. I would make dua, Ya Allah, like make this easy for me. Let me see and understand your Quran, because I want to. You know what I mean. But I, in the beginning, it was just a bit difficult for me because the Quran is so real. You'll mm-hmm. never ever read anything realer mm-hmm. than the Quran or like it it's or like it at yeah. all. So when I'm not only learning the Quran for the first time, but somebody's explaining it to me in it detail does, and, and its context. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And and it, it, it hits you in a place like no other. Subhanallah. Yeah. yeah. So and, and the way the sister 
the way she says her message and the way she like yeah. I, every day I would go home I would cry I'd make the I'd come home I'd come to Al Hadid the next the next day. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I'm battling inside, the next ayah is about it. Wow. Subhanallah. Wow. So, wait. I, I have to take this in for a minute. Give me one second. <laughs> <laughs> take a moment. <laughs> Let me just drink this water. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Faiza came here to tell a story. Girl, digital sisterhood. I'm the real storyteller. No, no. I, you, I might just give you my job. Because I don't <laughs> no, know what no, I'm doing No, no, no. Adad, Adad. You... <laughs> A1 says. No, no, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, no, I never no, felt no. more fraudulent. But let me tell you something. Yeah. So basically, you would go there with all the doubts, and then you would hear and you'd be touched. You'd go back, and then the thing that you're thinking about, you come back. You, no, would, you would hear a verse that was t- speaking to you. It's directly. Directly. At you. you felt like it was talking to you. A hundred Did it scare you? So much. Wow. So much. And, and I just felt like. I just felt like at my peak, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like at my peak, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah for al-hada. I don't know what I would have done without al-hada. All praise is due to Allah. All praise is due to Allah, wallah, because al-hada, like, it was, it was, it was the thing I needed mm-hmm. because it was first, I didn't want to be baseless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to know something. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, yeah, I'm doing my Aleph Bataz and stuff like that, but I wanted to know. Fahim, you wanted to understand. I wanted to understand because, again, like I've been saying this whole time, I lacked understanding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to understand. I really, really wanted to get to, get to that mm-hmm. point in my heart mm-hmm. where it settled with me. Mm-hmm. Like I understand Allah's plan, Allah's decree. Mm-hmm. I understand him. I understand him, mm-hmm. what he what he means for us, yeah. you know, what he's doing for us. What he's been saying, yeah. Why the Quran is important for us. Mm-hmm. What is it here for? What are, is our mission? What is our purpose? Exactly. The more I delved into um, our beautiful religion, mm-hmm. the more beauty came to me, Abaya. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now I'm gaining weight, like a healthy weight, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm gaining weight. Yeah. I'm literally like, like happy when people, like I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. You know what I mean? For the first time in years. You're at peace. When I smile, it's a real smile. smile. I'm around people that make me better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think of the mercy of Allah. Wallahi. And I just, I sit here and I think like from the beginning of the story till this part, right? Where it's like, I actively went against, I actively went against what I knew, what my fitra knew what was good for me, which was following the deen of Allah, which was being, understanding who Allah is. Like, I actively went against that, and and all I needed to do, all I ever needed to do was from the beginning, was turn to him. Was turn to him. Mm-hmm. And Allah showed me his mercy tenfold. Wallahi. Wow. It's, you know the hadith where it says, you walk and Allah comes running? I'm telling you. you. It, it's real. It's, it's a, I'm the walking example, example of okay. it, right? Yeah. And, 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 there wasn't a da'a I made that that didn't happen for me, whether in the way I wanted or the way Allah decreed it for me. And and I'm I'm it's reaching the end of twenty sixteen and I'm at the pinnacle of my happiness, we could say, right? In terms of my Islam, in terms of my deen, in terms of my akhlaq, right? Because remember I told you for so long I felt like I was becoming a bad person, right? Where how I treated people, who I was to people. So now I'm in this place where where i don't have to anymore actively 
think about how I'm treating people. Like my consideration comes naturally because I'm following the Prophet Muhammad and I'm following what Allah asked of me to do. And in in that, I'm becoming considerate. Mm -hmm. I'm becoming a better person. I'm thinking about other people's feelings. So everything that I wanted for myself is happening because I decided to turn to Allah. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And at this point, it's 2017 now. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm wearing hijab for a year. Mm -hmm. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> 2016, I'm wearing hijab. And now I'm wearing abayad, by the way. Yeah. So I stopped wearing um jeans and i threw out all my clothes yeah. how about that you know me i love my clothes you know i threw out all of my clothes wallah if i'm i threw out everything yeah i owned maybe three abayads and a few hijabs wow. and i dedicated every outfit after that to be like halal you know yeah, like whether halal, it's a skirt yeah. Yeah. or a top or something or abayad modestly Mod the modesty so um there was a point in my journey where i came to this understanding and I felt peace about what transpired between my sister and this accident. I felt immense peace about it. And I'm and seeing Halal or seeing Layla and knowing that they were two people that were incredibly close to my sister and seeing their lives and how much how much they loved her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And wallahi, I, I like this is why it's so important to have good friends, right? Yeah, they, they, they um, even when you pass, they still give forward for you. It's crazy. And I remember Hilal and Leila, they dedicated so many things to her. I'm telling you. SubhanAllah. They, when they talk about their practicing, they give, they give you know? I know. I'm they give you. it to her. They say, you know, it was Fortune that got us here. Exactly. And, you know, and, and, and it's beautiful because that's what good friends, the ones, the right ones, the are right supposed one. to, right? Exactly. Is exactly. that even when you pass, they're they put they put something forward for you, even for your akhirah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? That yes. they're still thinking of you when you've already been six feet in the ground. Exactly. Subhanallah. May Allah give us friends like that. I mean, I mean, and I've reached that point now, alhamdulillah, right? Where I understand, and and I'm and I have peace in my heart about the situation, and I've moved on. I've moved on. Like now, this person that I was before, I'm not attached that to that person at all. So I hop on social media again. I think towards the end of 2017, like September. And I dedicated a few posts to my sister. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I remember these posts. Yes. So I, I, I remember posting um, each journal entry because I, I, I do write. Mm -hmm. I remember posting each journal entry from the day of her every year until the point that I was at then and, and the journey I went through from the depression to the you know just being down to being that like you know to to where I am now in my relationship with the with 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 myself and with my like with my religion and where and and it inspired a lot of people right it, mm -hmm. it, it, it definitely like um was a thing at that time mm -hmm. right and 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 subhanAllah, like I was very proud of myself and I felt like that was my closure. Like I'm, I'm closing, like I'm closing this chapter now. And even now I can speak, I can, I, I can speak about her, you know, mm -hmm. I can speak about the, her good, her bad. And even what transpired in her death, like yeah. I did so publicly today yeah, yeah. without feeling yeah. that guilt, guilt that, that almost killed me through Allah alone. I've accepted my reality. I understand now. 
I understand the, the that this is not this is not something I can control. Faiza finally got to the top of the hill. She is past this test. But as the saying goes, Allah tests those he loves. And so Allah tested Faiza again. This episode is brought to you by Beautiful Light Studios. Um, and I'd love to give a shout out to my executive senior producer for producing this episode, Manisha Umar. Do you hear me clap for you? Thank you again um, for this wonderful episode. Um, uh, I also want to remind, oh, I actually have news for everyone, all my wonderful listeners, that TDS officially has launched their merge. Woo! Let me the table. Woo! Our merch is out, bro. We got tote bags, stickers, a mug. We got a mug. We got a tea mug that is so cute. And that if everyone listens to their podcast on Saturday morning, because I know a lot of you guys do, you definitely want to to buy that tea, that mug, that tea mug, inshallah. So check out um, our merch on our website at www.thedigitalsisterhood.com. If you go to the store, you'll see it all there. So you already know. Get your merch. Show up. Show out. We're here for it. Um, and, and, and when you do buy the merch, I want to see it at the Digital Sisterhood, inshallah. I'd love to see it. And how you guys, um, how you guys sport your, your wear. I'll see you guys back next week, Friday. I'm not gonna say noon because we already know what the what the what the stitch is now. It comes when it comes, and it will come on Friday, inshallah. Because at this point, it, it, it vibes. We're running on vibes. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.